This is Brain Diet, episode 198, Working Through Diet Self-Sabotage with Amber Brisicki. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm really excited to be sharing with you today my conversation with Amber Brisicki. If you are familiar with her, you might also know her as Biceps After Babies on Instagram. She has been dubbed the macro queen by other Instagrammers, and I would agree with those that have given her that label. And this episode is beginning with her telling us her story. She was a registered nurse and describes working as a nurse, having babies, having a husband going through medical school and residency, and having a passion for fitness and teaching group fitness classes, and really feeling like she had the exercise part of health down, but wasn't seeing the physical changes that she wanted to. And she describes how she knew it was related to nutrition and exactly what she did to empower herself with nutrition. She sets a goal to get a six pack and she accomplishes it with ease. And so in this episode, she shares that story, that experience, and how that has led to her now eight years later running a successful business where she teaches women how to utilize nutrition to really create the change in their bodies that they are pursuing and looking for. We also discuss why the idea that macros is just another diet is heartbreaking. And that part of the conversation I just loved because listening to her talk about all of these ideas and assumptions that people have about macronutrients and debunking them a little bit was so refreshing. And I hope that you feel that as well as she talks about this. And she also shares how to work through self-sabotage. She is an incredible coach and not only helps people find the way of eating that works for them and the goals that they might have for their body. But more importantly, she helps them work through when they have those goals, but can't follow through on them and on the actions required to achieve them. And so her discussion on self-sabotage is so powerful. And towards the end of the episode, she talks about macronutrients and nutrition in a way that is like a breath of fresh air. And so listen to the end to hear her talk about that because I found just as I was listening to her, it, it just was so wonderful. And I am so grateful that there are people like her in the world and online that are sharing the information that she is sharing in the best way. So I am really excited that I was able to have this conversation with her and I have linked her information in the show notes. So be sure to check her out. And thank you so much to Amber for coming on. You will not want to miss a second of this episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today is a great day because I have with me Amber Brisicki, aka Biceps After Babies on Instagram, one of my very favorites. Amber, thank you so much for being here today. 
I'm super excited. Thanks for having me, Taylor. Yeah, I'm just so excited. And one thing that I love to do with my guests is have them introduce themselves. Obviously, I'm familiar with you. I'm familiar with your content and, and a little bit about who you are. Um, I just know that sometimes when I introduce myself, I'm like, I, I feel like I don't know what to say, but I'm always curious. Like, how do you see yourself if you were to introduce your, someone, yourself to someone who had never met you before? Yeah. I mean, I think I get this question where it's like, who are you and what do you do? And I'm yeah. like, how long do we have to <laughs> kind yeah. of talk about what it is that I do? Um, but yeah, my name is Amber Brzezicki and I um, was a former registered nurse turned fitness enthusiast who then turned entrepreneur um, by a lot of like kind of weird uh, paths and turns that I didn't really think I was going to take in my life. And now I own a business called Biceps After Babies, where we really help women. Our mission is really to help women to step into um, whatever it is that they want to achieve in their lives. And we do that through teaching macro counting. And, um, you know, I focus a lot on nutrition, but I always say, what we do is about nutrition, but it's like also not about nutrition. It's about a lot of deeper work that we tend to do with women to really um, own what it is that they want in life and be able to go out and make it happen. And that's what really gets me fired up is when I can help women to um, see what's possible for themselves and be able to really go after and achieve that. And, um, you know, we do that with macro counting and with starting with those tools uh, and then kind of go from there in with the deeper work in their life. Yes. Yes. I love that so much. And what my goal is for us today is I want to hear a little bit more about your journey because I think it's always so interesting to see, especially with female entrepreneurs, like how they end up where they are. And so I want to hear a little bit about your journey, but then I also want to get into the meat of your wisdom and and how much you know about nutrition and, and macros and all of the things. So let's begin. I would love to know the transition going from a registered nurse, then moving into this world of entrepreneurship and nutrition. How did that happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, we kind of got to go back even to like my childhood and my upbringing because um, something that was very formative for me in my childhood years was that my mom was a fitness instructor. And so some of my earliest childhood memories were going to the YMCA. She would drop me off in the kids care and then she would go and teach her class. And I remember as a very young kid, like looking through the mirror, cause there was a window in between like the childcare area and where the group fitness was happening. And I just remember like sitting and watching my mom teach group fitness. And so from a very young age, fitness was prioritized. Um, my mom's health was prioritized. Exercise was prioritized. And, uh, you know, that was just something I grew up as knowing was a really important thing to have in your life. And so I went away to college and got my nursing degree and, you know, started working as an RN. And that was a, it was an exciting time in my life. My husband was going through medical school at the time. So I was really putting him through medical school. And uh, I had two babies during that period of time when I was working. And we got to the point where my husband finished medical school. I had two children and he started residency and there was just no way that we could figure out how to make me continue working as a nurse, work with two kids and his crazy schedule and residency. So this is where I kind of like, it's like, okay, it's probably time to hang up my nursing hat, at least for a period of time, but I'm not someone who can like sit around and do nothing. So I needed something. And that was when it was like, well, I remember my mom growing up, she used to teach fitness classes. So I guess I can do that as well. And so that threw me into the group fitness space where I taught classes for eight years and loved it. And that's what you taught. Oh my gosh. I taught like everything. I taught Zumba. I taught body pump. I taught body combat. I taught CX works. I taught uh, high fitness. I taught bar. I taught like all the classes. Now, can I ask, I'm going to have lots of these little nitpicky yeah. questions, but, um, when, so you were teaching these classes, what was your like fitness experience leading up to them? So you'd watched your mom and learned from her example. What mm -hmm. types of things did you enjoy up until you had begun teaching those classes? 
Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I loved group fitness because my mom would invite me to come to her class. So I remember oh, when I was like 12 years old, 13 years old, I would start coming to my mom's class on, you know, when she would teach over a holiday or, or whatever. Like I remember coming to her classes and feeling so cool that I could do like step aerobics and that was super fun. And then when I was 14, my mom took me into the weight room for the first time because at the YMCA, you have to be 14 to go to the weight room. So I remember turning 14. It was like my birthday celebration was like, my mom took me into the weight room. She showed me all the machines and all the dumbbells. And from then on, I would go and I would lift with my mom. I remember my sister and I would like on Saturdays, we would go to the YMCA with my mom and we would go lift weights. So I know that not a lot of people had that experience, but from a very young age, like weightlifting as a female and as a woman was very normal for me. Like that was not weird at all. Mm. Um, and so growing, you know, growing up, I played sports, um, you know, weightlifted here or there, uh, and then continued that through college and, you know, into like having babies. I also did some like running and some, I, I ran one, one marathon in my entire life. Um, right after I got married. Um, so, you know, I kind of like, I was well-versed with the gym. I was well-versed with like lifting weights. Uh, and then my friend invited me to a, a group fitness class when I was, my husband was in med school and, um, I was a little hesitant cause I had to pay $30 a month. And <laughs> that felt like a lot of money for me at the time, Yeah, yeah. but it was like one of the best things I ever did was spend that $30 a month on myself so that I could put my kids in childcare, go to the group fitness class. And, um, you know, I just, I loved taking group fitness and then that transitioned into me wanting to teach it. I love that. Okay. So then you were teaching for eight years, you said, mm -hmm. yeah. So I taught for eight years and it got to the point where I like, I was working out teaching classes, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 classes a week, like teaching a lot of classes. And it just felt like my body was like never changing. It was just like always the same. I didn't feel like I looked the way that I wanted to look for as much as I worked out. And I knew that like the missing piece was nutrition. Cause it was like, not the thing that I paid attention to. Like I was very, very much, uh, you know, got the gym down, got the workouts down, got the lifting down, but it was like the nutrition piece that was missing. And I just want to pause there for a minute because I think that many people, especially women fall into this uh, similar situation where yeah. they're like, I can exercise every single day. I can have a routine down and I'm not seeing my body change. And I know that it, like, I, I just, it's something that is, I, I hear time and time again. And so I, I just want to emphasize that if people are listening, that find they are in a similar, similar situation, that the next part of this story is, is so valuable and important for everyone to hear. Yeah. Well, and I'm mean, honestly, that's why I focus so much on nutrition because I, I find the same thing where women are like the working out is easy. The eating's really hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's a very common refrain that I hear from a lot of people. Um, and so I knew, I knew that nutrition played a piece and, you know, I had some understanding of nutrition from my nutrition courses in um, nursing school, but I remember I was scrolling through Pinterest one day and I clicked on this, this pin by a woman and she was talking about how she got a six pack and she started talking about this thing called macro counting. And I had never heard that term before. In fact, back then it wasn't even really called macro counting. It was called IIFYM mm -hmm. if it fits your macros. And so I was like, what is this IIFYM? And so I like started scrolling and reading through it. And as I'm reading through it, like my science brain, my you know nutrition, anatomy, physiology, like brain is like, well, this actually makes sense. You know, when I read a lot of diets initially, I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. If you understand like physiology or like biological perspective. Like that doesn't make any sense. This, I was like, 
oh, well, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, let me like- Is there something look- in particular that like made sense in your mind? Because I, I had a similar experience, but I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me was that it was like the not cutting out food groups. Mm-hmm. That, that was such a big thing to me. It's like, anytime I saw that, I was like, that's not the way like, like restriction and cutting out food groups and never eating sugar again, or never eating dairy again, or never eating, you know, fill in the blank again, just like, didn't make sense to me, um, from a sustainability standpoint. And then just this understanding that like each of the different macros does something different in your body. And it makes sense that you need an appropriate amount of each, right? You you can't just live completely on fat and not have any carbs or protein, like your body needs those other nutrients to do things. So it made a lot of sense to me to understand, oh yeah, each of these macronutrients does something different. My body needs all three of them. Uh, Having a balance of them is going to help me to perform more optimally and be healthier. And so as I'm reading this, I'm like, this makes a lot of sense. And she looks fantastic. And I would like to get a six pack as well. So that was my new year's resolution in 2016, January, 2016. I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get a six pack. I've never had a six pack before, but I think with this like new tool that I found, I can do it. And I, I was floored. <laughs> I was floored by how quickly my body changed in such a very short period of time when I just like turned that last dial of like dialing in my nutrition for what I wanted my body to do. And it like, it changed everything. It was like eight, I think it was like eight weeks later, eight to 10 weeks later. And I had a six pack and I was like, wow, like this really works. This really allows me to be able to say, I want to do this with my body, take my nutrition, have it support that goal and be able to, you know, have it happen. And, and I think sometimes people stop there. I I feel like a lot of people think of macro counting and they initially, they always think of weight loss, right? Like those two things go together. It's like macro counting is for weight loss, but what is so important for women to understand. And what I want more people to understand is that macro counting is just, how does your nutrition support your goals? And so after I got a six pack and after I lost some fat, I was like, well, what else can I do with this thing? I really would like to add some muscle. Like I taught a lot of group fitness classes, but I didn't have a ton of muscle on my body. Um, and so I said, I would, I would like to add some muscle. And so I tweaked my macros. I tweaked my training and I was able to grow like an amazing amount of muscle over those like first six months, you have like the newbie gains. Mm-hmm. And again, it was like, my nutrition was just supporting the goal that I set. Um, and then I always say, you know, after that I grew a lot of muscle, but there's a difference between having a lot of muscle on your frame and being strong, right. Being able to move a lot of weight. Those aren't inherently the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I want to see how strong I can get. And so again, I use macros to like customize my nutrition to support this new goal of just getting strong. And I went into powerlifting and was able to get a 303 deadlift, which was like my goal. And Incredible. yeah. And again, it was just like the thing that is so important is like macro counting and understanding this tool allows you to be able to say, I want to do that and have your nutrition support, whatever the, that fill in the blank is for you. Well, and here's what I love. I so much of what you said is just so important and and resonates with me and is such important information that I think all females should know. But the first being all diets, no matter what they are, include macronutrients of some kind. You're always, you're always eating macros. You're always (laughs) eating macros. And so I think that's one distinction that's important to make is it's not that it's a different diet necessarily. It's just knowing what you're eating and it's knowing, like you said, how to use it to support your goals. Mm -hmm. And so I think that can be such a, a powerful shift to make in the idea that I'm not doing this to, this isn't a trendy way of eating in order to simply lose the weight. This is 
a knowledge for how to support my body, no matter what the goals are at all stages, weight yeah. loss, maintenance, and beyond whatever that could be. Um, I am curious, what do you feel like changed most dramatically with your diet prior to starting macros and then starting them? Like what were some of the most, um, obvious changes that you made? I mean, again, you were still eating macros before and you're still eating yeah. macros after you learned about it, but mm -hmm. what were some of the things that you adjusted that you changed once you started to learn about the role that each play in your body? Yeah. I think along with mo what most people would be the consensus is like what changes is how much protein you're eating. Yeah. Like just chronically, most people are not eating enough protein. And so that is a very in stark contrast for a lot of people when they start to realize, Oh, how much protein I should be eating, especially for optimal muscle growth. It's like way more than you ever thought you needed to eat. So I think like most people, that was probably the thing that was surprising to me initially. It was like, Oh wow. I've been severely under eating on protein. No wonder I haven't been building as much muscle. <laughs> as mm -hmm. I want to build. Like I'm not mm -hmm. giving my body the building blocks to be able to do it. Um, so I think that probably was the biggest shift that I noticed in my, in my diet and my nutrition as I started, you know, yeah. counting and paying attention to the macros I was consuming. Right. Which is extremely relatable. Like you said, for, I think most people. So then at this point you've discovered something that has empowered you and allowed you to really change your physique in the way that you want. And then from there, what happened I, next? I started sharing it. Like I was like, this is amazing. Like, why doesn't everybody know about this? Why, exactly. And really, I think like, so when I came across macro counting was really, like I said, it, was, it wasn't called macro counting back then. It was called IIFYM and it was coming from the bodybuilding world. And it was like, it's been like counting macros has been in the bodybuilding world for long, 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 long time. Like yeah, yeah. bodybuilders are very well versed in this. Yeah. It was just in like 2016, it was just starting to become like gen pop, like general population. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A little bit more mainstream. And it was kind of making that pivot from like, not just bodybuilders can use this tool, but it can be used for like a general population as well. Um, and so I was like, more people need to know about this. This is amazing. Like we don't have to cut out, you know, I was eating ice cream. I ate ice cream every single night during my cut. Um, when I got a six pack, it was like every night I would like plug in my ice cream. I'd have my little bowl. And that was like my treat every single night. And I was like, I'm eating ice cream and getting the six pack. Like <laughs> more people need to know about this. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I decided to start a Instagram account. And I remember I was sitting in my um, car, probably waiting on a child. Um, cause we just like drive our kids everywhere, but I'm yeah. like scrolling through Instagram. And I was thinking, what should I name like this Instagram account? And the account name like biceps after babies was just like hit me because I always feel I've always liked my arms and I always and I wanted to convey to women that motherhood and having babies doesn't have to mean that your best days are behind you that in fact you can have biceps after you have the babies you know but at this point I'd had four babies and um, I was like that's it that's what I'm naming my account and so I just I really just created that account just to like start sharing what I was doing, what was working for me, like this new thing that I had discovered that I felt like everybody needed to know about. And very quickly, people just started asking me if I would like help them or help or coach them. Mm -hmm. And I, at first I was like, yeah, sure. That, that sounds like fun. Let's, let's do that. And so, I mean, I very much just like threw myself into figuring out how to become a coach and that very quickly, like I got people results that word of mouth spread. Um, my account grew very quickly and that turned into a business. Yeah. And what an incredible story. I think those are oftentimes the most compelling when it really does start from a personal transformation that one is so passionate about that 
others can't help but see that and want to know more. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about social media is our ability to do that, to be able to yeah, share our own passion for things. So here we are, what is it? 2016. So we're six years, seven years. Yeah. I think we're like going to year eight, year eight, maybe. Okay. Okay. My business. So you've been in business for almost eight years. What would you say are the guiding principles that you abide by as it comes to nutrition within your business? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a great question. And I think it has changed over time as well, which I, which I think it should. Absolutely. <laughs> I think, I so, think, yeah. I love to like walk, walk us through the evolution. Yeah. I mean, I think if we're not changing our mind on things or changing how we do things, especially based off of the feedback that we're getting from clients and experience, then we're doing something wrong. So, you know, when I started, I really, and now I like preach against this, but I really viewed macro counting and a very rigid, um, non, you know, flexible, thing. We we called it flexible dieting, but it was still like, here's your macros and here you got to hit them. Like, yeah. that's just yep. like the end of the day. It's like, these are your numbers, hit them or don't hit them. But like, that's the deal. <laughs> and I feel like that was very much how like, I kind of approached it. It was from a very like scientific, uh, logical side of my brain of like how I coach clients. And that didn't work very well for, I mean, it worked for some people. Some people can be like, you give me my numbers. I'm good. I go. I get amazing results and it's amazing. But I would say that's like 5% of the population. Totally. And the other 95% of the population was like, even if I gave them the best numbers in the world, they weren't hitting them all the time. And so I had to do a lot of work figuring out, man, how do I actually like, not just tell people what to do, but actually coach them. And those aren't the same thing. Like telling someone what to do and sitting back and saying, you better do this is very different from like walking alongside with somebody and figuring out how to make it work for them. Yes. And I want to pause there and just allow that to sink in because I think that the accessibility of being told what to do online is extreme. We can find macros, we can get numbers, we can get plans. You know, I feel like a lot of influencers tout these macro plans or workout plans or whatever it might be. And it's so important. It's something that I really preach on this podcast ad nauseum sometimes that while those things are important and a very vital part, uh, vital piece to the puzzle, being coached through it is entirely something different. So I, I just want to emphasize and, and yeah. allow that to really sink in for, for listeners. So please continue. Yeah. Well, and I, I would say even to like build onto that is like, there's a lot of lazy coaching that happens on social media. And to me, like, I, and again, uh, you know, if you're just buying a meal plan from somebody like, great, just go buy a meal plan. But the the thing that I have the problem with is like when influencers say, here's the plan. And they give it to a woman and then a woman struggles to follow the plan. And then the, all the blame is placed on the client, right? It's like, well, I gave you a great meal plan. I gave you a great workout plan. You didn't hit it. You didn't follow it. Thus it's like your fault and you're to blame. And I just can't handle that. To me, that's like the laziest coaching there is. Um, a good coach is not only going to help you like have a plan, but they're going to figure out how to make it easy for you. How to, why are you struggling with it? How can we adjust it? How can we make this work for you? How can we work together as a team to be able to support you in whatever you want to do? And that is like the level of coaching that I, I mean, I feel like I had to grow to that level. That's not, that's not beginner level coaching. Beginner mm-hmm. level coaching is here's your macros, go do it. Yep. And that's where I started. And that's where a lot of coaches start. And there's nothing wrong with that starting there, but you can't stay there. You got to learn to, to actually coach and help people to be able to 
succeed and not place it on, you know, all the blame on them of like, well, you didn't, oh my gosh, I have like the worst story in the world. I'll tell it really quickly. But I was just talking to a friend, um, at a conference that I was at, and she was saying that her trainer, um, just like berated her one day she came in and, you know, she was just saying, I just feel gross. I feel like so fat. And I'm just like really struggling with my body. And the coach, like the trainer just turned around and was like, well, you're eating all those things you're not supposed to eat on the meal plan. And like, just like completely braided her. She's like in tears because she already feels terrible in her body. And all she's being told is like, it's your fault and you're the problem. And he, he's like, I only coach the best 2% of people in the world. And like, they just like do what I say. And I, anyway, she's telling me the story and I'm saying to her, I'm like, that's a lazy coach. That is a lazy coach who doesn't actually know how to coach. He knows how to tell people what to do. And if they do it, then he's, he's fine. But as soon as or somebody takes credit for it or and he takes credit for it, right? Like I coached the only the 2% top yep. 2% of the yep. world. Um, but that's lazy coaching and we got, we got to do better. And so I would say the biggest thing that has evolved over the years of my coaching is realizing that this is a tool that I have to, to help clients learn to customize. And I got to figure out how to make the tool work for them. And there are, it's not the same for everybody. Okay. And, and this is just hugely important is everybody's going to be unique and and down to like the, the obstacles that we face. But I even, I had a client earlier this year who was like, my sister-in-law has seen the results that I've been getting. And so I just gave her the numbers you gave me and she's been trying to use them. And I'm like, yeah, this is working. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from and I can yeah. appreciate you wanting to share something, but it's like, there's so much more. And especially because every body is going to be very different. Yeah. in terms of everything, you know, how they tolerate and what they need and and what, the, how they expend. And it's just, it's so much more nuanced. And so while I can understand the desire for like the quick fix, I think that it really is the greatest gift you can give to just have patience for those things and be able to find someone that can coach with you and walk with you in, in the most patient way possible to really allow for things to to work in your body. So what I want to ask you then is as you have evolved and it's become so much more than just giving a plan, what do you find are common sources of sabotage? And I, I use that term lightly, but I know that you have talked yeah. about um, how you help people overcome those situations mm -hmm. of self-sabotage. So what do you find are some of the most common situations uh, that women might find themselves in where they are sabotaging their nutritional efforts or their overall goal efforts? Yeah. Yeah. And this is where I see that like pivot between a coach who just tells someone what to do and a coach who actually helps them to figure out why they're not doing it. Yeah. And the way that I define self-sabotage is when you say to yourself, I want to do that thing, or I have that goal, or I want to achieve that. And you're on board, your brain's on board. And then for some reason you don't do it. And you're yeah. like, why? Yep. Like I said, I wasn't going to eat sugar today. Why am I eating sugar right now? I said, I was going to go to the gym. Why am I not at the gym? Right. It's like, it's like those two parts of you where there's like the one part that wants it. And the one part that is like the devil on your shoulder saying, Oh, you can, you don't have to go to the gym. <laughs> so to me, that's what I de define as self-sabotage. And it, that, that is where really good coaches shine is in the ability when a client says, I want this. And then there's something preventing them from being able to get it. A good coach can help you diagnose what that something is and then help you to break through it and move past it. Um, and so I do a lot of work with self-sabotage with my clients because I said, you know, 5% of the population can just have a meal plan and go be successful. The other 95% of the population, you give them the meal plan and they don't follow it or they do it sometimes or they, you know, are on and off and up and down. And that, that is where we got to figure out, okay, 
you said you want this thing, but you're not taking the actions that you need to take to get it. So what's going on? Let's dive a little deeper together. And, you know, where I really get to with a lot of clients, um, is, is a couple things. One, um, oftentimes there is some sort of fear that is deeply rooted in them. Uh, sometimes it's a fear of success and sometimes it's a fear of failure. And sometimes it's both, but oftentimes people are afraid uh, of success, what it's going to require of them, uh, how things are going to change, how their relationships are going to change, and if they're going to be able to sustain it. So I have a lot of people who they will self-sabotage because they worry that if they lose the 30 pounds, it's going to change their relationship with their sister. Or if they, you know, go and uh, and, uh, you know, look much better then that's going to change their relationship with their spouse, or it's going to require too much of them. It's going to require them to not be present with their kids or to spend so much time at the gym that it's not like they don't want that. And so they're, they will self-sabotage on the flip side. Some people are fear of failure. So I see a lot of women who get stuck in the cycle of like, I've tried to lose weight in the past. It hasn't worked. Thus I'm broken. I'm not good enough. Like it's this, it's this, um, deeply seated idea of like not enoughness, not worthy. And then every time you go try and fail at it, it's just reinforcing that same story or that same pattern of like, oh gosh, someone's going to find out that I'm not actually good enough. And so they don't put themselves out there. They don't want to try again because they're so afraid that they're going to fail. And then what that failure is going to mean about them as an individual and as a human. Those are two deep fears that I tend to work a lot with people on. Um, Another one is uh, all or nothing thinking or like this perfectionism that so many people I have that we really have to work through of this idea of like, I either have to do it perfect or I'm not going to do it at all. I either have to hit my macros or I might as well not even track. Right. That's a big one that I like coach a lot of, of clients through. So this like all or nothing thinking, this perfectionism is a big, huge one that I have to help a lot of clients through. And then I would say the last one is, is, um, more around the lines of like buffering, emotional eating, stress eating, you know, this whole realm of using food to assuage something that food can't assuage, right? It's like using food to try and cope, try to deal with emotions, try to deal with stress, try to whatever it is. So it's using food as a way to escape. Um, and that's something that a lot of women will struggle with and that we have to work through as well. And that can be a self-sabotaging pattern and behavior that, that creeps in for a lot of women, um, where they're trying to use food for something that it can't ever satisfy. Well, I think what you've just so beautifully illustrated there is the true complexity of what eating is. And especially if you're looking to do any type of body composition shift, it really isn't a series of numbers to hit. I mean, it, it can be, but there are so many other factors at play and it can be singular of the ones you just mentioned, or it can be all three and they can vary and you can have all of those present in your life. I know that I've certainly felt all of those things in different ways over the course of years. And luckily I've had great coaches to be able to really walk me through those situations. But it just goes to show that we have that relationship with food and it really, food is just kind of the symptom. And so what I love about what you do is, is with macronutrients and nutrition and dieting and exercising, it's all just working towards really cleaning up your inner landscape and really understanding how you relate to yourself and how you relate to food. Because then in that case, 
the food doesn't become the problem anymore. And I, I want to bring this up because I thought this was such a great uh, statement that you posted on Instagram, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. But I think you said you were talking to a client or I don't know if it was a podcast interview, but they had said something along the lines of exchanging one set of rules for another. Yeah. And again, when we don't do the work of the fear of success or of failure or the all or nothing thing, when we don't do that work, then however we are eating is simply that of exchanging one set of rules for another. And so I want to ask you to expound upon that as it relates to using macros in a way that that isn't just simply swapping out all those food rules in order to yeah. you know prove your own worth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this was this was a problem that I was seeing with my clients and with other macro coaches and and with people who were coming in was like we touted macro counting as this way to release restriction and to get away from, you know, all foods can fit. And like, like macro counting, especially back when we called it IFYM, it was like, if it fits your macros, it was like, all foods can fit. We can eat all foods. It just needs to fit into your macros. And it was touted as this like freedom, right? Like this, this freedom from, from food and it's no, not restrictive and all these things. But what I started to see was like, we were selling that to women and then they were coming into macros and they were just exchanging those like restrictions and them translating into another way. So now instead of like, you can't eat carbs. Now it was like, well, you have to eat 130 grams of protein. Like no way fans or butts, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you have to hit these numbers. You can't go over. Like, it doesn't matter if you're going out to eat. Like it just became so rigid in just a, a different way. And I was like, hold on a minute. Like this is, this is, um, it's like, we're just, it's a new diet. It's a new way to diet is to like count macros. And that hurts my heart so much when I like hear people say like macro counting is just another diet. It's like, well, yeah, it is if you do it that way, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that's the way that you have to do it. And so what I really work on helping women to understand and to be able to utilize is like macro counting is a tool. You, it's just like a hammer, right? You can tear down a house with a hammer and you can build something with a hammer. The hammer is just a hammer. You know, you can do a lot of things with it. And macro counting is just macro counting. We can turn it into a diet. A lot of people do that doesn't mean you have to turn it into a diet. And so I work a lot with women to be able to help them to utilize this tool, do it, use it in a way that feels good for them, that works alongside with their body. And if I'm really being honest, and this has been something that I've been kind of mulling over the last maybe six months of like, what do I want to teach women? Like, where do I want to get them? What is the, what is the overarching bigger picture? And what I've really come to realize is that for, for me and for a lot of women, macro counting is a step stool. It's like, it is a, it is a part of the path. It is not the end of the path. So I have a lot of women who come to me who are like, I feel out of control with food. I feel like I have no control of my body. I feel like I have no control with food. It's just like, I'm just out of control. And macro counting can be this tool that helps them to start to feel more intentional feel more in control, right? I can say I'm going to do this and I'm going to follow through, right? There's like, there's that element of like, we all want of like control, being able to control things. And that feels really good, but it's not the destination. And so I, I think of macro counting and this ability to be able to feel in control of your life, of your body, of your food as a, as an important way station, but not the end destination. And the end destination that I really want to get women to is not control, but trust, and that, and that's a hard leap for a lot of women. It's really hard to go from feeling out of control to a place of being able to trust your body, trust yourself, trust, like just having trust about yourself when you're eating food. Um, 
And so I think macro counting can be this way station. It can be the stepping stone, but it's not the end destination. And that's really where I want to help women get to is like control is helpful as a way station, but I want you to get you to trust. And that, and that is a different conversation around how do we use macro counting? How do we nourish our bodies? How do we develop this ability to be able to know, Hey, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm actually going to follow through, right? A lot of women have, have broken that self-trust with them and I want to help them to be able to get it back. And that is just such a transformative description of what can happen when you have a good coach and when you really learn what it is you're eating. I think about, you know, the diet trends in the nineties and the early two thousands and how it was really extreme, really restrictive. And then there was kind of the movement, you know, like 2011, 2012 and and still so, but of of more of like intuitive eating, like listening Mm -hmm. to your, your hunger signals and all these things. And I saw somewhat of a dichotomy where it was kind of like, you can either do one or the other. You can, right. you can diet and be yeah. really restrictive, or you just have to listen to your body entirely. Mm-hmm. And having attempted both of those situations myself, both felt very rigid in their own ways and very scary in their own ways. And so what I love as, as you describe macro counting, being a way station is for me, what it became and, and what it is with, with my clients is kind of finding that middle of of dieting and of intuitive eating, you know, or eating, following certain diets, not even for the sake of weight loss and intuitive eating. And it's that middle ground of, I call it informed eating. It's like, we are eating intuitively in that we are listening to our body and what it needs. And that includes hunger and fullness signals, but that also includes listening to our goals and what we want to accomplish. And that comes into play with what we choose. And we can also cater that to any type of diet we want to follow. And so I think that's what is so beautiful and powerful about macronutrients and learning how they work in your body and learning what works for you specifically is it is it's that middle ground to then find that freedom of I can live a life I can eat in a way that that feels good to me and I can still be listening to my body and still meet my goals and still you know achieve whatever it is I want to and so this idea of it as a way station I think is so powerful um I want to ask you I know that you often speak about helping your clients become macro scientists. Mm -hmm. Now, what I think of when I see macro scientists is I think of someone who's very like neutral, curious, inquisitive, wanting to experiment. Right. And so I love using that word versus like, you know, a professional dieter of someone who's, Mm -hmm. you know, got all sorts of interesting things going on mentally. And so when you help someone become a macro scientist, what does that path look like? Yeah. Yeah. So this, this is that, like that, that, that branch that I saw of like, people can use macro counting in different ways. And I saw mm-hmm. a lot of people being very rigid and restrictive with their macro counting. And so I, to me, that is what I call a macro dieter. I think there are a lot of macro dieters out there in the mm-hmm. world and macro dieter is not the same thing as a macro scientist. A macro dieter is very rigid. A macro dieter is like, I have to hit my numbers. A macro dieter is like, I step on the scale and I'm happy if it's up or down and I'm sad if it's up. Right. It's like that. It is that a very emotional, um, like doesn't really feel like they have a control and they just are like white knuckling. Everything is <laughs> trying to make it to force it to work. And a macro scientist kind of like you talked about is really getting into that place of curiosity. It's getting to that place of experimentation with your body of recognizing that everything we do is just an experiment and we can try something and see how our body responds to it. And then make adjustments based off of that. It is this detachment from the end result, right? Scientists aren't are detached from, they just have a hypothesis. It's like, I don't know if this experiment's going to work. I'm going to try it. 
some of them are going to work, some of them aren't, but nobody, no scientist is like, I'm the worst scientist in the whole world. And I don't matter because my experiment, did. I mean, it's just like, it's like a detachment, right. From, from the experience. And that's where I wanted to help women to be able to get to is like, I want to help you to get to know your body. Like, I want to help you to understand your body and be able to work with your body and be able to like, figure out what works for you because what works for you is not going to be the same as what works for me. And, um, so one of the things I, I talk about a lot in my program is asking the right questions. I think a lot of women ask terrible questions and that's one of the reasons they stay stuck, right? They ask questions like, what should I eat pre-workout or how many carbs should I have post-workout? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can give you some of like the sciencey answers, but at the end of the day, a better question would be, how, like, how do I feel the best working out? Do I feel better fueled or unfueled? Like, you know, what, like, what makes me feel like I'm able to recover better if I do this or this, like, those are better questions to be asking because they're questions specific to you and to your unique situation rather than like, what is the one right way to set my macros? What is the one right percentage I should be eating with my protein? What is like, it's like this one, right? Only there's one right way. And we just have to figure it out is just a bunch of baloney. It's more like, how do I cuss? How do I take this tool that works and it's based on science and have it work for me and my body? And so that's what I teach women to do inside of my program is to become the macro scientist, to be able to take science. Yes. Right. Cause we like science is science. It like doesn't change because you want it to mm-hmm. Sci- take the science, but then be able to weave it into your own life and be able to make it work for you. And I, what a beautiful sentiment to kind of end with in terms of your own ability to take control over your life and to trust that you're never doing it wrong. It can just yes. be an experiment. Like yes. I, I think that is such freedom, especially as, as females in learning to navigate such a visually centric world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such a powerful lesson. So the last question that I want to ask you before you tell us all the things about where to find you is what is something that you are currently working towards? You've done the six pack, you've done mm-hmm. yeah. understand all the CrossFit, the powerlifting. What are, what's your, what's your jam these days? Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm currently, I've been doing CrossFit now for like oh, six years or something like that. And so I always have like goals in my, in my CrossFitting. Um, that's one of the things I love. That's like kind of brought me to CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I did group fitness. I did bodybuilding. I did powerlifting. I did some Olympic lifting. Like I've done all the different types. Um, and the thing that keeps me coming back to CrossFit is like, there's always more to get better at. <laughs> so that's what I love. So currently I, um, I just have like started stringing bar muscle ups together. That was like a really exciting Huge. achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working on a strict handstand pushup for like probably four years. And my anatomy is like, must be really hard to make it happen. Um, I'm close, but yeah, yeah. I'm not that close. <laughs> so that's something I've always been working on. Um, and just recently I have actually taken a little bit of a step back from CrossFit and I've incorporated a little bit more bodybuilding. I built a lot of muscle when I did powerlifting and bodybuilding, and I've actually lost some of that muscle as I've gone to CrossFit and done more cardio. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not loving that. And I'm like, I want to build my, some of that muscle back up. So, um, I'm doing that kind of a hybrid where I'll do a couple of days of CrossFit a week. And then I do a couple of like bodybuilding style workouts to kind of try and rebuild some of that muscle, um, muscle mass. So that's what I'm working on right now. Incredible. I love all of those things and I can relate to so many of them. Um, tell us where people can find you, how people can work with you. Yeah. 
yeah. So if you're listening to this, I have to assume you like podcasts. Um, so I do have a podcast, uh, it's called biceps after babies radio. And, you know, if you want more stuff to like talk about the nuances of macro counting and weightlifting and, um, self-sabotage, that's, that's a place to be able to hear that. Um, I'm most active on Instagram. Um, and that's just biceps after babies. I'm on TikTok kind of <laughs> I'm on <laughs> Facebook and yeah, those are the places to be able to connect with me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will highly recommend everyone go and check out you in all of the places because I have loved watching you and learning from you over the years. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. I am just so grateful. Thank you. This has been really, really fun. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.